Hello, and welcome to the Restoring Care Editor's Commentary for June 2023. This is Rich Branson, Editor-in-Chief of Respiratory Care. This month's Editor's Choice Paper evaluates the impact of prone positioning on hemodynamic performance in non-ventilated subjects. Jacques Legrisi and others used transthoracic echocardiography to measure cardiac performance in 26 subjects with COVID-19 during awake-prone positioning. Again, awake-prone positioning is a term that's been coined to describe patients who are placed in the prone position but are not mechanically ventilated. They found improvements in right ventricular systolic function and increases in cardiac index, but surprisingly little change in PO2 FiO2 ratio. Abera, Estrada, and others provide commentary suggesting that this data should give clinicians the confidence to use prone positioning even in subjects with hemodynamic compromise to both improve gas exchange as well as cardiac performance. Coliani and Afonso studied the delivery of aerosolized bronchodilators via high flow nasal cannula in subjects with COPD exacerbation. This prospective observational study included 31 subjects who received a bronchodilator via high flow nasal cannula. They demonstrated statistically significant but clinically small changes in FEV1 and FVC. No changes in SpO2 or Borg dyspnea score were observed. Saunders and Davis provide commentary. They point out that the ability to deliver aerosol therapy simply via high flow nasal cannula is not the equivalent of proving safety and efficacy. Again, in this study, there's no control group. And it's clear that any drug that delivered via high flow nasal cannula is going to be deposited, some of it is going to be deposited in the nasopharynx and likely be absorbed systemically. Aguirre, Bringmo, and others compared oxygenation in subjects undergoing bronchoscopy using both standard oxygen therapy and high flow nasal cannula. This quasi randomized study compared 20 subjects in each group, with the main outcome being SpO2. They reported that the nadir SpO2 and smallest change in SpO2 were seen with hyphonasal cannula. They suggest that in spontaneously breathing subjects, hyphonasal cannula may be the preferred method of supplemental oxygen therapy during bronchoscopy. Al-Sabu and colleagues studied the impact on patient important outcomes of the preservative benzylcholonium chloride in albuterol solutions. Using a retrospective study design, they compared outcomes in subjects delivered aerosol therapy with benzocolonium chloride-containing solutions to a historical control of subjects treated with preservative-free solutions. They reported that there were no differences between groups with respect to length of stay or duration of therapy. It's always difficult to use a retrospective analysis and historical controls to prove safety between therapies or drugs. But this is a start that appears to suggest that this preservative has no important clinical impact. Bingurfi et al. performed a post hoc analysis of a multinational study to evaluate the outcomes of immunocompromised subjects with ARDS and solid tumors. They found that infections were the leading cause of ARDS and mortality was associated with the severity of illness at admission, lung cancer, and chronic cardiac failure. The overall mortality rate in this study exceeded 50%. Allender et al. studied the second victim experience and support tool to examine the second victim responses of respiratory therapists. Using an anonymous survey of a large academic healthcare system in four states, they recorded responses related to a stressful or traumatic work-related event. The most common events were physical or emotional distress associated with a clinical occurrence. Half of these occurred during the COVID-19 pandemic. They concluded that stressful clinical events are common for respiratory therapists 
and that COVID-19 had a significant impact on the incidents. And you can imagine this includes the increase in number of deaths and the deaths of patients in the absence of their families. Regal and co-workers performed a bench study of methods for providing gas flow during a spontaneous breathing trial. They compared a T-piece with no flow, flow to high flow oxygen at 40 and 60 liters a minute. The lung model included three conditions of compliance and resistance and three degrees of inspiratory effort, low, normal, and high. They found that inspiratory tidal volume was greater with a T-piece while worker breathing was lower with high flow oxygen. Since the lung or the patient in that case would be doing all the worker breathing, I'm not sure that this actually provides any advantage, but the delivery of heated humidified oxygen to a patient with a tracheostomy or an endotracheal tube is probably more comfortable and better for mucociliary function than cool aerosol. Samita Dow evaluated the worker breathing during a spontaneous breathing trial with a T-piece versus using zero pressure support and zero PEEP in a lung model using three different ventilators. The lung model simulated subjects with normal lung mechanics, ARDS, and COPD. They found significant differences in worker breathing associated with variable levels of pressure support provided, even when pressure support was set to zero. These findings may help explain the variability of outcomes associated with performance of an SBT. This is something that's been true for a long time. The introduction of flow triggering on the Puritan Bennett 7200 included when during pressure triggering, the ventilator targeted a pressure that was equivalent to the sensitivity minus the PEEP, whereas in flow triggering, it always targeted the pressure one and a half centimeters above the PEEP, essentially giving a small level of pressure support even when none was dialed in. Catano and others provide a short report on the use of electrical impedance tomography to monitor areas of hypoventilation in lungs of subjects with COVID-19 ARDS. They found a typical response to PEEP and recruitability with half patients, demonstrating improved, reduced consolidation and half with no change. Another short report by Guerrero describes the use of the S3 NIV questionnaire to describe comfort of patients receiving home non-invasive ventilation. Yang and colleagues provide a narrative review on early mobilization of critically ill patients. They suggest that the lack of standard mobilization protocols might be responsible for conflicting results in the literature. Honor lectures at the annual AARC Congress are invited presentations that are followed by an expert review by the presenter. These include the Kasmeric Lecture, the Petty Lecture, and the Kittredge Lecture. The Kasmeric Lecture, named in honor of Bob Kasmeric, typically features a researcher who has a long career of publications and research experience in the respiratory care and mechanical ventilation. Rob Chapman presented the Casmeric Lecture and his paper on teaching mechanical ventilation and the importance of adoption of common terminology is stressed in his review. This paper details the process of describing modes of ventilatory support uncoupled from the trade names used by manufacturers. The Petty Lecture is named for Dr. Tom Petty, who was renowned for his research in ARDS, COPD, and particularly in oxygen therapy. Like the Casmeric Lecture, the Petty Lecture is usually given by a senior person with a wealth of experience and publications in that area. Dean Hess delivered the Petty Lecture on Respiratory Care Management of Patients with COPD Exacerbations. His paper is an expert review of the appropriate use of oxygen therapy, non-invasive ventilation, aerosol therapy, and invasive ventilation in this population. Reader and Albram provide the first of the New Horizons lectures on best practices for mechanical ventilation 
during extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. The intensity of ventilation during ECMO continues to be a point of contention. Burnett and Skinner provide our first 2022 year in review on long COVID and pulmonary rehabilitation. This paper turned out to be quite a challenge as though despite all the discussions about long COVID, the problems, the symptoms, the issues the patients suffer with their health and ability to work and have a decent quality of life, there haven't been a lot of papers published about pulmonary rehabilitation in this group, but we look to see more papers in this area in the future. We appreciate you listening to the Restorative Care podcast, subscribing to the journal, and we hope to see papers from you in the near future. Thank you. To receive the content of this and past issues of the journal, visit our website at www.rcjournal.com. There you can also subscribe to receive podcasts of future issues.